0: friends, once again, to the Drummer in the Great Mountain podcast, an audio guide to the transformational guide for adult ADD, ADHD by Michael Joseph Ferguson, by the same name, the Drummer in the Great Mountain. You can find us on drummerinthegreatmountain.com. For those of you that are new to the podcast, this audio guide, that's what we're here to do. We're here as a guide to the book by Michael, who joins me every week, and we discuss all kinds of topics over the first year of this podcast, we went through the chapters of the book uh, in an audio guided way and brought up topics to discuss. and And uh, our goal was to delve deeper into the chapters, uh, which we can via this this podcast via this forum. This year in two thousand sixteen, we've expanded the podcast to include special guests such as Sarah Hutchinson, who we had on last week talking about yoga and Ayurvedic and how it can help the hunter type. And this week. Very excited to bring up a very interesting topic. And, and and the topics we bring up now are driven, as we say every week, by your feedback, by what you want to talk about. Not only that, by the sharing you do with Michael. We told you that in the first year. Keep sharing your stories. We never share your personal information on this podcast, but it drives us. And today's topic is a great culmination of a few emails that Michael received and he sent over to me and we put our heads together and... Voila, comes the topic of today. What are we discussing today is hunter types over 35. It sounds like a talk show topic, doesn't it? Well, (laughs) it, it kind of is, and it is in our world. It's our talk show topic. Many of us hunter types do not discover how we're wired, keep in mind, always bringing it back to the book. Remember what Michael always states in the book is that This is the way we are wired. It is not a diagnosis of something that is wrong with you. It is not a thing that necessarily requires lifetime of being on medication to fix. It's the way you're wired. Our goal of the book and the podcast, how to transform, how to live within this wiring to be the ultimate hunter type. Yet, with that in mind and today's topic, many of us, me as an example for sure, didn't really discover that this is our wiring till later in life. Part of that is that we kind of are in this spin cycle, if you will, of taking on the judgments of others that don't understand us. I know for me, uh, Cher, to kind of open this up, is for sure, I knew my whole life there was something different about me. And that's not one of those cliche terms. I mean, I knew. A lot of us hunter types do, don't we? Especially as we get into different stages of our life. I knew in college that I was not like the other students. I didn't study like them. I didn't approach studying like them. And because I hadn't discovered who I was yet, it really, being a hunter type, affected me in college. I'll never forget that... There's that good old study lounge. I don't know if kids today have study lounge or everyone just sits in their room and does it digitally. But in the old school mm-hmm. days, we had study lounges in our dorms. It was a dedicated place to study. Reflecting back, I'll never forget a comment one of my dorm mates made once, which was, "Baman, I don't know how you get anything done. I don't know how you do any of your homework. I don't know how you prepare. I said, what do you mean? God's honest truth here. He said, whenever we're in the study lounge, you walk in and out of this room like 20 times an hour. He's like, how do you ever like steadily get anything done? <laughs> I didn't realize it at the time. I was a naive 19-year-old, nowhere near discovering this is the way I'm wired. It was because I couldn't focus. It was because the the hunter type was ravaged in me. And I, it was because I hadn't dealt with so many things in my personal life that the negatives of, if you will, of being a hunter type were at their peak at that point. And I didn't focus. I didn't do well in college as much as I should have. I was a straight-A student in high school. I wasn't that in college because for me, college was where it was the peak of being a hunter type. But it wasn't until a few years ago I started doing something about it because I found out how I was wired. It's a Mm -hmm. nagging feeling. I know this was an email we got from a few of you, this, this, this concept of this nagging feeling that there's something different and it is preventing you from succeeding in life the way you want, yet you don't know what it is. And and there's there's kind of an effect of discovering that late in life. Both positive and negative. And we'll talk both with both of those um from both of those perspectives today. We're going to discuss the ways of emotionally navigating the next leg of this journey and think of it as that, armed with a knowledge to bring you more joy, fulfillment, and healing into your life. And what other Better way to bring in the author himself. Good morning, my friend. Happy Saturday to you, Michael. Uh,
1: happy Saturday to you. To you, Really glad to be sharing the podcast again with you this week.
0: Yeah, really excited about this topic. Let's just get into it. Um, let's get into your experience with this, especially with people you work with in, the, in, in your coaching experience and in your experience in writing the book. What is this journey like, discovering this quote-unquote late in life? Although we know that that's subjective, the word late, but for sake of this discussion.
1: Yeah so I, this is something that has been uh it, it just as a preface I mean when 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 I wrote this book I wrote it just because I felt like this didn't exist on the on the landscape of books or perspectives on ADD and so um I wrote it from the perspective of you know the coaching clients I'd worked with but really didn't have a, a strong idea of like what who else out there would share this, like who would resonate with it, who would really connect. And so I think one of the big surprises has come from people who are older telling me like, oh my gosh, if I had known this, I i don't know how many times I've heard this, if I had heard, if I had known this information when I was 20, it would have totally changed my life. That has come up so many times now. So um, this is, it's a common occurrence. And so I think with that comes a sense of grief of like sadness of like, I can't believe I spent my whole life kind of in the dark on this and also, um, putting the pieces together. And so I think a lot of you, as you've been listening to the podcast and I'm getting your feedback, there's a lot of like, Oh, I get it. Like this totally makes sense. Um, and, um, I think a lot of you, Had you been like, so if you're over 35, you probably slightly missed the Ritalin bullet. So that was like late seventies, early eighties. Some of you may have had it, but it wasn't really prevalent medication wise. So, uh, more than likely it was just sort of, you went through the world and you experienced life and had your challenges and, and hopefully had a lot of wins along with it. You found some of the positive ends of your, uh, your, uh, wiring so that you're able to use your creativity and some of the the aspects of that are the the strong points of being a hunter type. But I think one of the pieces that comes up, and I notice it a lot in the coaching process, is people looking back going, okay, and just like you were saying, during school, uh, I got really good grades. I did really well. And then towards the after, things kind of waned and life happened, and then things got a lot more challenging. And one of the pieces that's, that's really surprising to me that keeps showing up is oftentimes, not for all hunter types, and it wasn't necessarily for me either, um, you found that you exercised a lot. A lot of you were in sports and things like that. And that cardio in your regular routine um, gave you that boost, that's gave you it. that boost to then do the focus and get and actually be more productive in school. And then once that shifted and, you know, you didn't have it on your radar that that would be just like you go off into the world and you're no longer doing track once a week or whatever it is. And then the great, you know, either your grades or your life becomes more overwhelming and the pieces were not put together. And I've seen that so many times now. So I'd say looking back along with just the aha moments, there's the grief, there's all the other pieces that come with it. And, uh, and so I picked out a story. I've, I've tried to bring in something live from things that I'm just looking at through, you know, on, on the internet and things like that. And the one that keeps, keeps showing up is Jocko Pastorius. They just did a movie on him, a documentary. And if you look up Jocko, the documentary, it's, it just came out. I think you can get it on Netflix. Yep. And this is such like, if you're a musician, I know, Ben, and you know, you know of Jocko, he's mm-hmm. considered the best play, bass player ever. Yep. He's sort of this legendary figure. And so his story is really interesting because he was, I would say, more on the bipolar end, but so many of the same. He's definitely in the Hunter type. If,
0: if I could give a parallel for those that sure. aren't anywhere near music, yeah the, the way people say uh, Magic Johnson, if you're a sports person, Magic Johnson changed the position there of point guard, the way Michael Jordan changed the game – Literally parallel of that in the bass playing world for those that's that, it
1: that's it that's it basically the, the I heard Will Lee talk about uh Jocko. Will Willie's the bass player for he played with letterman's band yes. for years uh said that Jocko just like dove into the instrument and found all these hidden spaces that just uh, unleashed the bass which in is an whole important
0: which is an important concept i I want you to get into the story, but i yeah. want I want to emphasize that. We're not just talking about a musician who happened to be a hunter. We're talking about someone who was monumental, broke the mold. So remember that this is what he did for the instrument. Now hear his story. Go ahead.
1: That's it. Exactly. So this is the hunter type wiring. So what's interesting about his story is he, up until 25, uh, always exercised, never touched drugs and was just hyper focused on playing bass all the time and he was commi- he was committed to being the best bass player in the world. That was his goal. And he came up out of Florida in like the early seventies Florida wasn't really on the radar. He was playing like with R&B groups and like people just started to discover him. And then overnight he just he really blew up as being like he put out some of his own albums and he played with Joni Mitchell, legendary, legendary albums from that. He also played with Weather Report. These are all like kind of in the jazz world. These are big. These are big things. Uh, and so in mostly fretless bass. But what's interesting about his life, and it's sort of a tragic story, is that at 25, he kind of reached – He, I believe by 25, 26, he got into Weather Report. I could have the dates wrong, but that was the band he really wanted to get into. And then he started drinking and doing drugs and just fell off the deep end. And so he became very manic uh, and to the point where he died at 35. And really, I don't want to go too, too deep in the specifics, but it was a very tragic situation. And what's interesting about Jocko, he's the classic hunter type, when he was – exercising. He wasn't, uh, in, engaged in, in addictive substances that did throw him over the edge. He was the best of the best of the best. And he was focused and it was only when he lost the threads that kept, kept him in check. And I think this is a good example too of like, depending on where you are on that spectrum, uh, he was at the very end of the spectrum. So he was just brilliant, but also that, line was just thin and so once he crossed over that line he lost it so it's like he had the superpower
0: and then he lost
1: the superpower once he uh he delved into drugs and other things and this is not like an anti-drug thing this is just explaining like this is what happens to hunter types and so each and every one of you who's listening that that listen to this podcast have some story uh, it I think you all have your superpowers, and then th- I think what we're going to talk about today is how do you get them back? Like that's if you have lost them, yes. or you're you're you've got an addiction going that's maybe challenging you, whether it's medication or, or cigarettes or whatever it is that's keeping you from being at your optimum. We're going to talk a little bit about how do you you get some of your energy back so you can take the next leg of the journey. Because you know if you're if you're listening to this, it's not over. You're still on the planet. You're not done. It's an
0: eight count. What did I tell you about my friend's statement, which I don't take no credit for? Remember that in this journey, overall journey, that as long as you get back up, that's all that matters. You're going to sometimes feel, I'm telling you, Michael knows as a friend in my life, the last eight weeks of my life have definitely been an eight count. I have been... Dealing with so much stuff, for those of you know, with my dad and then things getting better and then just so many things going on. There's no doubt that it's been an eight count. But I I keep getting back up and I think twice or three times in the last two months I've gone down again but I haven't stayed down. And so that's on that concept. I want to make one point about a realization I had as you were talking about Jocko and what you said previously – Related to my story earlier, now I realize why it was college, and I never put this together before, I swear to you. Now I know why things kind of went off the deep end for me in college. You, were ex- you just literally described me, and you didn't know this about me. I, no one would know this looking at me today. In high school, I was very athletic. I was on every sports team outside of school. I was part of a volleyball league. I was part of a flag football league, all after school activities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was so super active. And if you if I look at my pictures from then, I can tell I was thin. I was in shape. I was looking great. My skin looked healthy. But there was a huge difference. In the, and this is to that hunter type story. A few things happened in college that, that made that the con side, the the, the – the side we 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 try to transform as a hunter type come out in college, which we don 't want to live through. college did two things inactivity because now I was living on campus first of all yeah. uh food was no longer regulated by what mom cooks world was opened up to me food wise definitely had a food addiction still do it 's yeah. transformed, but so then there was that. And I never drank a drop of alcohol in my life. It just wasn't part of my culture. wasn't the way I was raised. I was not in high school drink. I was against drinking. I was part of those clubs in high school that were like against drinking. I was like a goody two shoes, honestly. College hit. There was freedom. I discovered drinking, partying, and eating. And inactivity, because those things lead to inactivity, right? If you're hungover, you've never drank in your life before, and at 19 (laughs) and 20, you discover what a hangover is, you're not going to go work out the next day, and that's it. That's exactly what happened to me. And so I just wanted to share, because maybe some of you can reflect back. The reflecting back is not something to harp on, as Michael says. It's about just putting the pieces together. And now now let's move forward. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. So, you know, the first order of business, and I think any psychotherapist will go into this at some point, like, and 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 you know what, depending on where you're at and what your challenges are, I, I, I'm not a big psychiatrist fan psychiatrists are are usually will prescribe medication, but psychologists and a good therapist can really do wonders. So if, depending on the level of challenge that you're facing right now, life, I, I know I promote, uh, life coaching in the book but sometimes psychotherapy digging in and clearing things out is a really good thing to release some energy to get your energy back. So one of the things that I think we've lost as a culture is understanding grief. And it's a, it's such a foreign even term. Most people think well what is that? It's like sitting and being sad. It's that's not what grieving is. Grieving is actually releasing something when someone dies you 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 grieve so you can release that person in that experience so you can find yourself back again and and so we often don't understand this mechanism inside of us and so we kind of just hang on to all these pains forever and ever and ever all the way through life so there's a really important piece around grieving loss grieving like what happened it's okay to grieve but like to feel it and then let it go and so along with this just comes like a, a piece of self-forgiveness that if you look back at your life and you can see, oh, God, I made all these different bad decisions, da, 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 you didn't know. Like if you're just finding out how you're wired, there's no way you could have processed and, you know, understood how much your biochemistry and all these things were affecting your decisions. So. A big piece in looking back and releasing some energy is forgiving yourself, forgiving yourself for making the decisions that you made or all, you know, everyone's got their list and you have your list so you know what it is on your end. But the other piece, and again, Bevan just mentioned it, don't get lost in the story. So the point of it is you you go back, you maybe spend a little time reflecting and just kind of giving yourself that mindfulness to, to like stop for a second. There's constantly things going on in your life. Give yourself like a retreat for a day or two where you just kind of take a breath, maybe do some journaling, um, feel the sadness of just decisions that you made that didn't feel good to you, that may have hurt other people, and and then release it. Uh, and a lot of what this does, especially if you can get it into the realm, this is where psychotherapists or even a good friend could help where like you can actually really feel it. A lot of times we can just be in our head around, well, this happened and you're thinking it, but when you feel it and you're actually in grief and you feel like your tears are flowing or whatever it is, that actually, that action moves that energy and gives you a sense. It it, it reconnects you with some of that energy that got stuck in whatever those places of grief were.
0: I think I mean, this this is going ahead a little bit into, into how to move forward too, but I just have to say it because based on what you said and the energy of where you're coming from, I remember an email from one of our listeners and readers of the book lately um, is, what did she say? Oh, that's right. I felt like in reading the email, because she was talking about the discovery, right? Um. She she described it both as the grief. I think she described that. But right away, you could see that she also went on this journey of there was a relief. There was a release yeah. and there was an inspiration. I mean, within the email, literally within six sentences, you saw the grief, but then you saw yeah. like the aha. And I'm so pumped now to know yeah. who I am and that I can do something about
1: it. That's it. That's it. And it really is. It, for every person, it's different. But what I want to recommend is if you have the book, uh, if you go to page 197, it's around there, 197 to 201, uh, I talk about some specifics of, around kind of just creating a personal ritual for yourself to do some of this release work. And it is really important. We don't give ourselves the space in our culture to do this kind of work where you just unplug and you do a little reflection. And it's powerful and it really works. It really does work. And even if if it's just a little bit, you touch on a little bit, on like, oh, just the sadness and move a little bit of that energy. It goes so far in giving you some energy towards the next phase of your life. So I just want to recommend like if you got the book, page 197, there's an exercise in there. I talk a little bit about it. Definitely something to explore.
0: Sounds good. So how do we... We've 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 got it. We've got the, we've built the foundation of how someone over thirty five might discover through through many channels. You know, a lot of people honestly, this is not a self pat on the back for us. It's just being honest. A lot of people are discovering the way they're wired through the book and through the podcast. Right? They, it's that we talked about that nagging feeling. Something's different. They discover a book like ours. It doesn't have to be ours by whatever vehicle you find that you're a hunter type. Now we talked about the grieving process. Michael, what do we do? You're 36. You've just discovered who you are. It makes sense as you're reading like, oh my gosh, this is why I acted like this. And the, What do we do about it?
1: Yeah. So there, there's a lot of pieces here. Um, I think one of the things that to, to look at is um, you, you have to honor that you're different. You you know at this point if you listen to this podcast enough you kind of go okay I got it I'm part of a community of people and I can guarantee you uh, we are not very active we're receiving a lot more messages than than actually get posted like on Facebook or Twitter there is a big community of people that you're connected with that are all wired this way so one of the things is just to recognize you're not the only one and but also there's there's no you can't this is why i don't like the the disorder label is that oftentimes it's a cop-out and i hate to say that and i know some people will say you know i understand it but i think the the hunter type label gives you a little more like okay you can dwell on this your whole life you can dwell on okay i'm different and i messed up and i'm screwed you have to get up and move on you gotta keep going i think that's the number if you take anything from this podcast is to get yourself up you're not done yet. If you're feeling sorry for yourself, you need to do some grief of the need, need to move on. Number one, and it, honestly, it has to be that blunt. You just have to go, whatever mistakes you made, you made them. Now you have a different perspective. You can move on. And, and that's it. And you don't have to dwell on it. You can just be like, okay, if you've done some kind of personal ritual to let go, the next step is just move on. And I, I like the Bob Dylan quote when they, he said it, he was basically, it was in, um, no way home i think that was the documentary it says that if i i try to just find myself always in the state of becoming it's like you're never done there's always the next thing and so if, you, if you're in the moment if you're perceiving life from this point then um you're going to make progress if you so my suggestion is the podcast i think what we try to do here is to give you this perspective and juice you up a little bit so you can be like okay I can do this. I can take on whatever the challenges that I have right now, um, including – and I want to tie this in real quick. If you have an addiction that you're working on right now, don't assume you can do it on your own because I know I've talked to you, to a number of you. You can't do – it. like if you haven't done it by now, you need to get help. So if there's – if it's food, if it's, if it's um, chemical, you need to find – a support group or someone outside of you to give you that extra muscle because the wiring that we have leaves us so vulnerable to it that you, this is one of those pieces that you have to get support on. So a big piece there. Um, and then I'd say moving forward, one of the things to think about is, um, Two things. One is building a community of people around you that understand you. And sometimes as we get older, that becomes harder. So I know this is a universal thing for everyone that I've talked to. Most people, as we get older, have a harder time making new friends. So you have to get out. You need to volunteer find people that you connect with. And if you don't have those people in your life, you need to seek them out. And that may take work and you have to do it. Because when you have a community of people around you that understand you, that can support you, it goes so far in giving you the juice to make changes, to adapt, to to grow, to move to the next place in your life, including artistically, uh, as well as just emotional support. And then the other thing I would say, and we're kind of doing it here is this is, say we're kind of in the self-help genre this podcast and it's definitely kind of the the realm of the book over everything else was just giving people some support uh emotional support i would say find like three or four other podcasts or audio series or something that you're reading regularly that you're you're infusing your your mental your thoughts you're regroup repatterning those mental mental patterns and filling them with positivity. Like, find someone that you really connect with. I mean, if, you know, if you listen to Tony Robbins and he just makes you sick, then you find someone else. I mean, <laughs> God love Tony Robbins. He's great. I Actually, really like him. But I know there's certain people's personality that I just, right. And I'm not saying him personally, but I'm just saying there's certain. Uh, you got to find someone that you groove with. But there's a lot of people out there on the landscape that that are giving really good positive support that you can be listening to audio on a regular basis instead of you know whatever it is that you're you're watching the news all the time or whatever put something on that just gets you inspired and gets you moving and shifts your thoughts because usually what happens is by by thirty five forty. Those habitual thoughts get really grinded in, and then you're constantly thinking, worrying about this or worrying about that. If you're listening to something and it's helping you repattern your thoughts, it's going to really help. And and you maybe you need that constantly. You need something that's just going to give you that you you know changing any of these thought patterns that may have been causing you suffering or have led you down places that you don't you don't really enjoy being. So my suggestion is to l- seek out some other inspirational support, fill your brain with it. And that I know that works. I know for personally it works, and I've also watched it work for clients. So I'd say those are some key tips in moving forward. Other than just all the other suggestions we have on this podcast in terms of diet, nutrition, all those pieces are a given. But I'm specifically addressing the over thirty-five audience.
0: One of the things I want to share, this is this has been great stuff that you're you're sharing with with those over thirty-five discovering this is. Let me give the audience, I know it's part of what the audience appreciates and uh, far be it for me to always talk about myself, but who else am I going to talk about? I'm, I know my, (laughs) I know my own life the best and I know it's part of what our audience appreciates. Again, the only reason I keep sharing stuff about my own life is because I want to, I want you to know you're not alone. So this is part of that. And maybe some of you can relate to this. One of my... Michael talked about the grieving process. One of my grieving processes, although I don't like to have regrets in life, is that because I was a hunter type and not focused up to now, my early 40s, is that I never stuck to the things that made me happy, as in what to do for a living or what I wanted to be in this world and how I wanted to contribute to this world. And what I mean by that is at about... 19 or 20, I discovered music in a way of playing for people and and the rush of being an artist on stage. Uh, Before that, I was classically trained on the violin. And yeah, I played in, in symphonies and in recitals and all that as a kid, but I kind of walked away from classical music. Then I discovered rock and being a rock violinist and just the rush of being with band after band. And all of that led to my move to the West Coast of late in life. I had just turned 30 Quitting a six-figure job, six-figure corporate job, to sign with a record label and go be in a van with a bunch of kids who were definitely younger than me because our band got picked up, our original band got picked up by a record label. Went and did that because I thought that was the thing. It's like this is this is what I'm gonna do. It didn't work out. I didn't have, I didn't have the tools that I now now have in place because I'm a hunter type and the way I'm wired to stick with it. I'm not saying the band would have made it. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't have the tools to realize, wow, you know, I, I never want to go back to a day job. It's not me. It won't work. So I have to find a way to make focus to make being an artist living. How do I become a studio musician? Which is good money. How do I become a composer for movies? Which would have been a great life. I didn't have the tools, dropped the record label music life, came back to the job world, had my own business Mm -hmm. right after the record label world, right? I've told this story before where it was like, I don't want to work for anybody. Let me have my own. I did my own business. What happened with that? After five years, I did give up on it. Why though? Why did I give up on it? Because I didn't have the tools of focus. I wasn't exercising regularly. I wasn't adhering to what it means to be a hunter type. So I lost focus and inspiration on that. Fast forward to today, Grateful to have a day job that is supporting my family. So beyond blessed to have that. But it's not ultimately who I am. I'm living with it. I'm going to find a way to make my life more what I want. Meanwhile, staying grateful. Don't get me wrong. But my point is this, is that that's part of how I reflected back to, wow, being Mm. a hunter type, it never— Part of, I think, this realization, this is my point, I swear, because this is all off the cuff, as you know. Part of the point here is think of it as you're realizing this after 35 or 36, whatever it may be, that maybe in now discovering who you are about how Michael keeps saying it's not too late, maybe this discovery is not just for you. Maybe it's for those that come after you. Maybe it's for your kids. Mm. For me, it's my son. I am going to make sure my son, who's the son of two artists, his mom is an artist, his dad is an artist at heart. There's no doubt he's an artist already, Michael, as you know. You've seen the videos of his Mm -hmm. musicianship talent already. My point is this. It's not about you maybe. So maybe that's part of why you discovered it so late is so that you discovered it in time to pass it on to someone like your son, your nephews, and your nieces in a way to say – have focus in life if you see the hunter type thing coming out in people you know in your offspring in your siblings maybe this is your chance to have them have a more fulfilling life
1: so well put that is so well put that's it and you know and this is such a key piece is that i was just talking to someone about this the other day one of the other pieces that we lose in our culture is the understanding that as we get older our needs shift and there's a deep need in almost any human being over like 40 or older to give back to the next generation to start that process of uh, of reconnecting and, and we need that like we need to be it's not something we're doing because we're great human beings we're doing because we need it for our own mental health to start supporting and mentoring and giving back and if you're a father like you just said or a mother then you're naturally engaged in that but there's a lot of hunter types out there that that maybe be 35 40 45 that are still looking for companionship and they're also dealing with that oh god i really you know there's this this thing that they can't put their finger on it's part of it is this giving back and so if you're getting something from this material share this with other people be even you know and the thing is you don't have to have it all together you know we i don't have it all together and i know this stuff forward and backwards so it does it's not about having it perfect it's about giving practicing it and then Through teaching, you will learn more as you go through and you share it with other people. Wait a minute. You mean
0: even discovering who you are and working on it means you're not going to be perfect in life? I don't (laughs) don't believe it. Not for a second.
1: Yeah, there would be no way I could do this podcast if I felt like I had to have 100% of this together. And that's something I luckily worked out. I think in my early thirties, it's just, you, you can be totally messed up <laughs> and still make a contribution to the world.
0: Well, because, and it's a because really it's, important
1: it, revelation to
0: have. It's that 80, 20 rule, which you, you've talked about before you talk about it in the book. If I could, cause I think it's so important what you mentioned, Michael, I love, I love how this turned towards the giving back notion, especially those of us that can't believe we're 40 now. And we're in that, you know, I got to give back to the younger generation. And yeah. I do believe in that, especially, and this is not a, this is not a uh, uh, this is not a uh, research opinion. This is just that. it's it's an opinion of my it's, let's just say this is an observational opinion. But I have a feeling. Michael, you wouldn't disagree, and half of us who are aware of our society today in 2016 would not disagree. If you discovered this late, think of part of your inspiration of hey, I, 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 I've grieved the past. I'm doing something about it for myself, but in this idea of giving back, M- more than ever if any generation needs you it's yes. this generation why because this is the video game iphone uh yeah. cell phone generation Re- go google any study that's been done in the last 10 years literally we are creating add adhd in our children with technology because this technology has made our kids think of instant gratification no long-term focus needed because of this instant connection. I can go research something without going to the library and spending two hours to research for my study. Look, I wouldn't have a career. Michael wouldn't have a career if it wasn't for technology. I get that. I get that. But this generation is going to need us late-in-life discovered hunter types. They are going to need you to say, hey, put the cell phone down. Let's go for a walk. Let's build something together. Take yeah. your nephew and niece when you see them at the dinner table and everybody, including the parents, heads are down at an I, – I st- it is remarkable yes. to me that I, when I would go out to a restaurant and the whole reason I go out to a restaurant with my family – I'm not making myself better than anybody. Believe me. I'm just observing. It's incredible. The reason I want to go out with my kid and my wife is to go out with my kid and my wife. I go yeah. out and I see parents, heads down on their phone, the kids – Heads down on their phone. Why are you out? Are you not out to socialize? I digress. I digress to say Uh. this. This is how you can give back. Work on yourself so that you can be an inspiration for them. Work on yourself so that you can help others. I saw a wonderful little bit the other day, and I can't remember who it is. Jack White. Brilliant, brilliant musician. One of the most unique guitarist, songwriters of our time. He yes. was just on an interview the other day and they asked him, so what do you do with your kids? It was one of these typical talk show questions and I loved his answer. He said, well, one thing I don't do is I don't play video games with them. Right? This is an artist who is no doubt yeah. a hunter type. You can just oh, yeah. watch any biography and you know <laughs> oh, yeah. you can just see the hunter type oozing from him. Okay? yeah, Michael, I swear to you, I loved his answer. I'll find it and maybe we'll, we'll put the audio on the podcast. He said, "I don't play video games with them. You know what I do when it's father son time with my kids? I build stuff. I make them do cool. stuff with their hands." And he's not talking about music. He's literally yeah. talking like putting something together with your hands. This is this could be part of why you've discovered who you are so late. So there, I, I just had to share that.
1: That's beautiful. That's exactly, and you know, and this is what like chances are the people listening right now have amassed. If you're a hunter type, there's something you've, got, you've mastered. There's, no, there's, there's something on the radar where you, this wiring, especially because you're a little older and you did not come into the internet realm from the beginning. Like you, you came in later, and so you did listen to radio. You did, listen, you did read probably. Um, and so you have things to contribute back. And so that process of giving back – and again, this wasn't on either of our notes when we, we plan this, I'm actually really enjoying that this was a spontaneous revelation as we started talking about it. So I would, I think that's, it's a huge point. Uh, give back, make contributions and you unplugging. Cause I know I, I still do it. I still way too much time on, on the computer and on the phone. Uh, something I'm working on continuously to find the balance with the one last thing. So I want to wrap up here. Uh, two points. One is, I'd say the other piece to really look at as you're moving into the next phase of your life, whether you're in a relationship or out of a relationship or just making decisions, is to be aware of the the black and white thinking that's really common for hunter types, which is that it's an either or thing. Either it's going to be like the perfect relationship or the perfect job or the perfect whatever and recognize that you have basic needs that need to get met. And that if you soften that part of you enough to accept your own imperfection and the imperfection of others and the imperfection of life, that will be a huge component to just bringing more peace and joy into your life. So I really – to, to cap that, I want to read one of my favorite quotes uh, it's from a Leonard Cohen song. Leonard Cohen is amazing. Uh, you probably know him. I, from A lot of you, you know who Leonard Cohen is. If you don't, Hallelujah has been covered now. His song. that 80,000 times by 80,000 yeah, different and, and artists. He, and he, and I, what I loved about Leonard Cohen, was like, you know, I really think he's just getting he's like, He doesn't care. He's making, you know, gobs of money. He's like, sure. it's just too much. So, um, but th- this is from a, a different song. And uh, this is this will wrap this up. So this is a quote, Leonard Cohen. He says, ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in.
0: Beautiful, Michael. What a beautiful conversation today. What a great topic. As always, I learned new things about myself, about you and about our community of hundred types. Thank you for today. The energy you brought was really Really, well, you always bring it, but really, this is this is good. Feeling good. Here. Right back at
1: you. Yeah. You great, great insights.
0: Uh, my friends in the drummer and the Great Mountain community, we are wrapping up another podcast. For those of you that uh, checked out last week with Sarah Hutchinson, what a treat that was. We will definitely have her back. We've got other special guests coming up. As always want to remind you that we're a small press. Please help spread the word. Reviews are really, really helpful. Uh, Drummerinthegreatmountain.com is where you can initially find us. All the social media links are on there. Engage with us on Facebook. Send Michael an email. You've been doing that. All I can say is please keep it up. This beautiful topic today would not exist if not for your feedback. So keep it coming. We never share your personal information. We share your story because we're a community. And remember that whenever it is that you discover... You're wired this way. It helps to know you're not alone, so keep sharing your story. How can you leave a review and help us out? Well, on iTunes for sure. Please leave a review about the podcast. I'd love to see more review on iTunes because I know you're listening. Uh, We'd love to see those reviews on iTunes for the podcast. Goodreads is a great place to give the book itself a review. Remember, ideas on getting the word out. Michael does lectures and seminars all the time. Tell institutions, social workers, progressive psychologists about the book. And uh, Michael is always available to do these kinds of things. To Again, we're just trying to grow the community and let hunter types know they are not alone. Michael, my friend, thank you for another beautiful Saturday morning spent and uh, excited for our upcoming topics. And we're going to definitely have more special guests coming up, too.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much. This was an excellent podcast. And I really uh, just shout out to all those, like you said, who who recommended this topic. Very grateful. Please keep them coming in and uh, really appreciate all the feedback we've been getting. It's just it's I'm loving seeing like four or five emails a week or more just from people in in the community that are really enjoying it. So thank you. And please uh, keep keep it coming.
0: Drummer and the great mountain dot com is where we are. Keep the good feedback coming. And as always, we say in the Drummer in the Great Mountain podcast, take care of yourselves and your health. Be well. someone use this kind of terminology when it comes to why they play music. So it's the first time I've met him, he walks into Red Dew's place and uh he says, you know, I used to do this for all these reasons, but the only reason I do it now, it's a healing experience for me. Um and he channels in his ancestors, he says, those are that were on slave ships. And so when he's playing the Kungas, Jabari says that's why he does not and and I think he told that story to everyone because he had met everyone except Chris for the first time. And I think it put everyone in this unbelievable state of mind. And I think that's why, you know, things happened the way they did. So it was good, man. It was good times. Good times. See, but then comes the decision point, right? So it's what do you do? What do you do to be able to achieve this over and over and over and over and over again? Because that's how my mind works. I don't just say, okay, well, it was a good experience. If I have something that good... Why wouldn't I want to do it over and, over and over and over and over and over again? So there you go, there's your slippery slope. You know? I want to do it again. You've kind of gone down that road before, maybe it hasn't worked out, but maybe this is the thing to do it with. So, it's the insane part of my mad world. But who's to say what's normal? Maybe I'm sane, maybe you're good, maybe I'm bad, you're great. definition of that is, it's crazy, you can only do what you gotta do, yeah, it's true, it's true, it's true, well, I think that's the same uh, same boat we're on, you know, me, me, Keith, you know, he's got a kid and he wants to do this, you know, he's just, you know,
1: Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is intended solely for the purpose of personal growth and not as a replacement for professional psychological support. The views and opinions of the hosts and guests of this show are not meant to be taken as medical advice. It is very important to seek the help of a qualified medical practitioner when making any shifts to psychiatric medication you may be taking or if you're experiencing extreme psychological distress.